The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinak. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinak. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers, and even supply chain. Shortly, we'll be talking with Tim Brown from Glutton Glutton Force 5 and Taco in a Bag. You're going to love Tim. Uh, But first, it's time for our news and notes section of the show. Companies and brands you'll hear about today, Smuckers, Walmart, Dollar General, Campbell's Soups, M&M Mars, and the news is brought to us by Just Food, Bloomberg News, Supermarket News, Pet Food Industry News, and Specialty Food. A U.S. District Court dismissed a lawsuit calling out Miller Coors for labeling Blue Moon a craft beer, creating a de facto ruling that all beer is craft beer. The judge said that he wants a better template for what does and doesn't constitute craft beer in terms of advertising. The Brewers Association considers beer to be craft if less than 6 million barrels are produced annually, it is less than 25% owned or controlled by a non-craft brewer, and the beer is made only with traditional or innovative ingredients. The lawsuit was initially filed in California when the plaintiff alleged that Blue Moon was overpriced when compared to the rest of Miller Coors' portfolio, and that it didn't meet the craft requirements agreed upon by the Brewers Association. The plaintiffs will be given time to rephrase their claim so it is possible the label could be seen in a legal precedent or a legal precedent set in the very near future. A panel of experts at Fortune's Most Powerful Women's Summit say millennials are turning the food industry on its head. $18 billion. That's the market share lost by the top 25 U.S. food and beverage companies in the last five years. Fortune senior writer Beth Cowlett used the startling number to kick off a panel discussion on the new food revolution, the most powerful women's summit on Tuesday. So what or who is responsible for this radical shift? Millennials with a desire for transparency, said LifeWave Foods, Foods CEO Julie Solmansky. Millennials are driving a disruption in the food industry. I think we'll see the food industry turned on its head. Smolansky said consumers are shopping with their smartphones and have a wealth of information available about the food they buy. Now you can make smarter choices right on the spot. But while consumers now have access to more information than ever before, they still need a better understanding of what they're eating. That is from Denise Morrison, the CEO of Campbell Soup, and said the industry, food industry is responsible for leading the education effort. 
I believe consumers who have a right to know have a right to know what's in their food, how it's made, and where it's grown. As a company, we're working on it, and we have a lot more to do. Morrison told Fortune in May about some of the about some of her work. She knew she had to shift the center of gravity at Campbell when she took over the company in 2011. Over the past decade, industry industry tracker NPD Group has recorded an 18% decline in canned soup consumption at dinner and a 7% decline at lunch. So Campbell went on Campbell's went on an acquisition spree, buying Bolt House Farms, Plum Organics, Kelson Group, and the Garden Fresh Gourmet. At Campbell's, we talk about being the biggest small company, Morrison said. We, keep, we kept all the founders at the four companies we acquired because they brought us great adrenaline. Smolansky said the future of the food industry is entirely in the hands of smaller companies and that big companies are just not made as nimble. Lifeway Foods, the largest U.S. manufacturer of the dairy drink, Kiefer, has annual revenues of about $130 million. Consumers look to us to innovate, Solmansky said. We can make changes really, really fast. Retailers are coming to us asking, what's going to be the next big thing in food? So what is the next big thing? Experts expect even further fragmentation in the food industry, experts say. The panelists said the health is being redefined. It's not about fat and calories anymore. It's about supplementing your diet and not making cuts. The J.M. Smucker Company's $5.8 billion acquisition of Big Heart Pet Brands earlier this year has not reduced the company's appetite for more. While Barry Dunaway, Chief Administrative Officer and President of Smucker's International Business Unit, conceded another acquisition the size of Big Heart is not on the horizon, the company is considering several smaller opportunities. Barry Dunaway, Chief Administrative Officer and President of Smucker's International Business Unit, said, We categorize acquisitions in three types, all of which play an important and distinct role in achieving our M&A strategy. Enabling acquisitions, while typically smaller in size, provides Smucker with new capabilities and platforms while capitalizing on our scale and resources. Bolt-on acquisitions relate to targeted brands that expand our presence in an existing category, allowing us to reach new consumers and further leverage our category leadership, and infrastructure. Mr. Dunaway added that the current change is taking place in the consumer packaged goods industry. A number of Smucker's competitors may be assessing their portfolios for divestures, and that trend may create opportunities for Smucker's. Curie Green Mountain plans to import coffee beans into the U.S. through duty-free sites, an unprecedented move into the coffee industry as the single-serve company aims to cut costs amid falling sales of its pods and brewers. The plan is the latest move by the company to overhaul its coffee buying strategy after it's moved its coffee sourcing operations to Switzerland from Vermont, in part to take advantage of an obscure tax exemption that has drawn scrutiny from U.S. lawmakers. Using the strategy in fiscal year 2014 would have saved the company $1.6 million. In applications to create so-called foreign trade zones, or FTZs, submitted to U.S. regulators and seen by Reuters, the company said it intends to use four coffee warehouses in ports in Seattle, Virginia, and New Jersey for storing and distributing green coffee beans. The applications were approved by the various ports earlier this year, although they have not been activated by Customs and Border Protection. The red tape and costs associated with establishing a foreign trade zone can be substantial, meaning setting them up is generally worth it only if a company could see a return of 100 to 200 percent. Keurig is the first U.S. coffee maker to register an FTZ, which allows companies to import goods into a country 
without paying duties or passing through customs until the items leave the zone, often after being manufactured into finished goods with lower tariffs than the raw material. Take a walk through the butter aisle in your local grocery store and you'll see several butter brands packaged in rectangular and scrounged. Yes, I said scrounged tubs. This space-saving, more stackable design is a big trend with butter and cultured dairy manufacturers that allows more containers to fit on the store shelves and in transit. For consumers, it's easier to store in the refrigerator, say manufacturers. Challenge Dairy Products of Dublin, California introduced a lactose-free spreadable butter in a 15-ounce scrounged tub this summer. The company also uses similar containers for its flavored and spreadable butters. The scrounged packaging concept, originally developed and used throughout Europe, provides benefits to both our customers and consumers, Vice President of Marketing of Dean Foods said. For our customers, the design results in less negative space between packages in the case and the truck and ultimately on the shelf. The stackability of the scround is a real benefit for retailers that it often it offers more space in an already crowded dairy case. Dean Foods updated its cottage cheese, sour cream, and dip packaging last year from going from a standard cup to an innovative curved bottom container with rectangular lids, a scround design that's easy to stack. Dean Foods, which also makes sour cream under the brand Lando Lakes brand, has a licensing agreement to use Orlando Lakes brand on milk and cultured products. Read more on the updates here shortly. Sweet news for the confectionery industry. Chocolate candy sales in the United States are expected to exceed $26 billion for the first time by 2018, up from an estimated $22 billion in sales by the end of 2015, according to new research by Package Facts. Steady innovation and the emergence of creative startup brands are driving growth and excitement in this chocolate category. With 81% of Americans consuming chocolate, sales have continued to rise in spite of economic volatility. Supporting the marketer's momentum is is a growing body of research positioning cocoa as a nutritious superfood. Additionally, many consumers perceive chocolate candy as accessible luxury, encouraging a trade-up to premium products, Package Facts said. Salix Animal Health of Deerfield, Florida, is voluntarily expanding its recall of good and fun beef hide chicken because the products may be contaminated with salmonella. Sampling conducted by the Georgia Department of Agriculture confirmed the presence of salmonella in an additional lot of its product. In an abundance of caution, Salix Animal Health is expanding its original recall to include the tested lot and others made around the same time frame. This affects good and fun. Beef hide chicken sticks only. No other products are affected by this announcement. Mars Incorporated has, it, has pledged to, substance, to sustainably source 100%, that again, 100% of its rice, a move that partnership with the Sustainable Rice Platform, a global alliance of agricultural research, agri-food, business, public sector, and civil society or, or organizations, which convened by the United Nations Environment Program. The standard consists, the standard consists of a set of criteria for sustainable rice cultivation that can be used globally to reduce the environmental footprint of rice production and improve the lives of rice farmers. The standard consists of 46 requirements organized under the eight broad topics, including productivity, food safety, worker health, labor rights, and biodiversity. Ocean Spray, Ocean Spray, the U.S. co-op that makes cranberry products, has opened a store in Alibaba's 
Tmall Global Online Platform. The store offers products including four flavors of Ocean Spray's Craisins Dried Cranberries and its Cranberry Classic Juice Drink. Peter Wyman, president of Ocean Spray International, said the move put the company in the epicenter of the largest consumer base in the world. He added, we have been selling select products through designated retail outlets on Tmall Global for a while now, and we've been strong. We've seen strong demand from Chinese consumers. Working directly with Alibaba will enable us to tell our brand story, introduce the latest product innovations, and connect directly with Alibaba's consumer base of 367 million annual buyers. An investment community already apprehensive about Walmart stores bets on technology. An employee pay turned even more sour upon learning their financial impacts will likely hit harder. But despite issuing a grim grim earnings forecast, particularly in the next fiscal quarter, while earnings are expected to decline between 6 and 12%, an enduring historic stock dive that followed that announcement, CEO Doug McMillan of Walmart is making no apologies. Walmart stock suffered a 10% plunge, its biggest one-day plunge in 17 years, following the company's annual presentation for investors in New York. In that meeting, McMillan and other Walmart executives defended the retailer's decision to prioritize improvements in the customer experience and in technology as a means preparing the big retailer to compete in the years ahead while highlighting some encouraging trends suggested the best was still ahead. More than once, McMillan, again, president of Walmart, described the investments as a matter of survival, insisting it was not something Walmart should do but had to do. And finally, Fry's Food and Drug is reportedly taking advantage of a healthier housing market in Arizona by expanding its marketplace locations in the state, possibly as a way of precluding rivals from gaining stronger footholds. Fry's is a division of Cincinnati-based Kroger Company, already uses the 125,000 square foot marketplace format in about 20% of its Arizona store base. At 24 of its 113 locations, with most in the Phoenix area with only a handful in Tucson. Observers say the company plans to open six new marketplace stores in Phoenix and in Tucson by 2017. Hey, folks, it's time for a quick break. We'll be right back with our special guest of the day. Please stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866 440 
If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to Ditch the Box. And folks, as you may or may not know, I've been doing this show for a long time. And even before that, I've been interviewing companies large and small about who they are, their marketing efforts, their sales team, etc. And I can honestly say I've never found a company that brings as much fun or as much energy to what they do like Glutton Force 5 and Taco in a Bag. Now, usually, I give a website or info to our listeners at the end of the show, which is fine, but not today. GluttonForce5.com as well as Taco in a Bag. Instead of even attempting to put a sophisticated spin on who they are, I've taken this straight from their website as nothing could say it better. What is Glutton Force 5? You may ask yourself, what is? Their organization lies somewhere between the bad Arnold Commando movies from the 80s and a battered deep-fried cheeseburger at a carnival. Confused? That's part of the plan. At the center of it all are two competitive eaters who saved up their winnings to create something that is not only gratuitous and ridiculous, but also good at all the same time. They eat, cook, and save the world from boring food. There is not an eating contest that scared them away or a food challenge they can't conquer. They've traveled the world eating competitively, been to every truck stop diner, Native American gift shop, and sampled every fast food phenomenon. They've taken all of that experience and put it right back into their own gustatory creations. Glutton Force 5 blows the lid off the food truck scene, but are limited by the constricting regulations that the city enforces on businesses like theirs. Biscuits and gravy, pizza in a cup or taco in a bag, they get crazy. So get ready to loosen their constricting silicone lap bands from culinary traditions. This is food, doused in PBR, that's Paps Blue Ribbon, by the way, prettied up with Old Spice and taken to the junior year prom. They're out here hitting every street festival, food rave, and back alley, pushing the limits of eating and cooking. The team consists of the following superheroes. Pat Deep Dish, Bertoletti, Sir Snugglesworth, Party Bot, Taco Thief, Pinky Unicorn, and of course, Tim Gravy Brown. They save the world with Merv, their mobile eating reconnaissance vehicle, which happens to be in storage, which we'll hear about in a second, and have a laundry list of video adventures on for the world to see on their website. Joining us now from some top-secret location, Tim Gravy Brown. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> this is so cool. Now, to be clear, there's two different companies we'll be talking about. We've got, we got Glutton Force 5 and Taco in a Bag. Let's, let's kind of start with Glutton Force 5 and how did this kind of come into existence and kind of go from there? So, um, Pat and I, like, like you said, we've been, we've been competitive eaters. We've both done Nathan's uh, probably like, like combined 19 times Jeez. over the years. 
Um, and we met on the competitive eating circuit and we sort of just, we, we kind of just came up with this idea, you know, Glutton Force 5 and how we can define ourselves within the competitive eating world. And it just kind of grew from there. So, you know, Pat's a culinary student. He's a Kendall grad. Um, I, I was always interested in marketing and business and that sort of thing. I have a marketing background. I actually still work at a marketing firm. And we, uh, we just collaborated, and, and things kind of grew from there. Um, back at, while we were still doing competitive eating very heavily, uh, we got offered a television show. Uh, Get out. Yeah, we got offered a television show. We went to L.A. on Spike, which actually, for, for crazy reasons, ended up being a, a web series. But um, so, and, and, and it, kind of, it kind of grew from Butt Force 5. Like, I purposely made the brand be loud and crazy and to get people's attention. Right. And because of that, we continually get people's attention. People come across the website and wonder what it is. They watch the video adventures, they fall in love with it, and we get offers left and right for, like, reality television shows and doing crazy stunts and things like that. So that was part of the idea behind Glutton Force 5. And then it eventually evolved into a food truck, which led to the food truck led to reality TV series with a food network. Which led to our brick and mortar company, which is Taco in the Bag. <laughs> which we're going to cover all that stuff in a second. I'm chuckling because you're like you're like you're like my hero, man. You're doing everything, <laughs> and you're and you get to eat like you like you want to, yeah. and 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 you're not it's a guy that has work. to watch what you eat. It's unbelievable. I'm coming over. I'm coming over. Anytime, unbelievable. Anytime, man. So tell me the now. You guys didn't know each other when you met at Nathan's or any of those competitive. You guys just kind of hit it off when you were together at those things. Well, we were we were kind of rivals because we were we were the only two eaters from Chicago. Okay, really, I didn't really know him before that. Like I met the first time I saw him was at my first competition. It was a grilled cheese competition in. Um, in uh, this is awesome. Michigan, Michigan State Fair. The best part was we were opening for Alice Cooper. It was, no way. Uh, it was the uh, Golden Palace World's Grilled Cheese Eating Championships, and then Alice <laughs> Cooper came right on after that. But, <laughs> but I, I, I went there thinking I was going to school everybody. I thought like I'm like they're gonna I'm gonna be the shot around the world right. as far as competitive eating is concerned. Right. And uh, you know, there's this kind of weird looking kid with a mohawk in the corner listening <laughs> to his iPad iPod. I didn't really pay much attention to him. And Pat and, still know, has the mohawk, right? No, he does. Well, okay. he just got right. back. He did. He did okay. get right. back. But All right. Just checking. Self-conscious about it now. That he's starting to lose his hair up on top. But he didn't hear that from me. <laughs> but um, uh, hey, hey, we gotta give that five five second delay on that one. Whoop. <laughs> great, sweet. great. I love it. But yeah, love he um, yeah, we just we just we we were at the competition and we got up on stage and I'm sitting there like I didn't know the rules. I didn't know like the tricks of competitive eating. I was just sitting there trying to scarf down these things. And there's this kid starts dunking his grilled cheese, and you know he 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 ate 32. I ended up eating only 22, and you know, but I still won some money, and I got a taste for it from there. But uh, it, it eventually ended up that Pat Pat is probably one of the greatest competitive eaters on earth. Like he he's beaten Kobayashi, he's beaten Chestnut, he's beaten Matt Stoney left and right. You know, and and at that point I was pretty good, but if you can't beat him, join him. So I just. Took him into the fold here, and uh, and he's five. not he's not a big guy either. You guys are not big guys. You just have this this incredible ability to pack it away. No, 
Yeah, it's 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 an endurance sport. It's I know it sounds silly, but you have to you have to really kind of put your body through a lot to do that sort of thing. Right. You know, it, 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 at minute ten, like minute nine, it's just it's excruciating, but you got to keep going and. And how much time do you normally have? I know we're segueing off into the competitive eating, but we got plenty yeah. of time. What? What? How much time do you have? Is it fifteen minutes? Is it five minutes? What is it? It just it just it depends. It's all different. So okay, you know, there's it, 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 sometimes you're doing a challenge, and the challenge is like you have an hour to finish this. A competition, there's you know it's it's usually around between eight and twelve minutes. Usually competition. Pat went to a strange. Uh, Eastern European country where he was eating plum dumplings. The competition was like an hour long. It was like 30 people trying to eat plum dumplings for an hour. For an hour. So it gets it gets a little crazy. And is and there's money to be made there? No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen. I I I look at it when when I was doing it, it was a very interesting way to travel. So I think at my best year, I probably made like 10, 12 grand off of it and it got to travel. But Pat, on the other hand, Pat has made like probably hundreds of thousands of dollars out of it. Like Joey Chestnut, Joey Chestnut, if he's winning, like if you win Nathan's with the endorsements and like the prize money, you could be making like, you could be making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year off of it. Oh, that's crazy. No clue. I had no clue. I thought it was almost kind of like a cottage thing that it was just quirky. They threw it up on ESPN and let you kind of do your thing. That's crazy. No, it's it's so nuts. Like so so someone but you there's a big gap. So someone like me at my best I was 6th in the world. And right. then, you know, so 6th in the world probably made like 10 $12,000. Got got a lot of free travel out of it. But you know, the the top 2 people I mean, it's probably making sixty grand, and the top number one person is 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 up there in like the hundreds of thousands. It's it's nuts. It, you know, and the and the endorsement part of this thing is is interesting as well because you'd almost think that the Nathans or whatever would want to distance themselves with the. I mean, because it, it's kind of like it's not a hot dog that you would savor. You would think, but I, yeah. I guess they they like having their name on that that whole that whole eating competition. It's it's. It's it's weird, and that's kind of why we have Glutton Force Five too. Like Glutton Force Five has evolved over the years, where we're we're kind of a company that helps people brand and do marketing events, like eating centric marketing events. So we, and that that's why we created that. And like the major league eating, which is the governing force of of competitive eating, like we're no longer associated with them because they require you to sign a contract. So the 50 eaters that they have in their stable, they're all under contract with Major League Eating. So you can't go and do your own thing. Like if we were under contract with Major League Eating, we couldn't be doing some of the some of the uh, Force Five stuff we're doing now, or like going to do that television show. People have to go through Major League Eating to get to you. So we decided a long time ago to branch off once our contracts were done so we could pursue other opportunities and uh, kind of make our own way. So how, com- how competitive is that? I mean, is there, is there a stable of people that are, that are just travel? I mean, I know it's, it, you're explaining that there's, there's people into it. I mean, are we talking hundreds or thousands of people that do competitive eating? Well, they have, they have probably a couple thousand people in their database that have done right. it over the years. Right. But, 
but Major League Eating only puts under contract the top 50 people. That's crazy. So if you go to their website, you can see their stable of eaters. And they, you know, over time tried to build it to be something like a, a you know, a wrestling league or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 right, or the UFC or whatever it is, right. Yeah, and it's just, uh, you know, it doesn't, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I, I think it could be interesting. Like, there's a major league eating the game, like a video game. There's all kinds of different things that are associated with that brand. But, you know, we, like, Glutton Force 5 wants to do its own stuff, make its own way, do that, the sort of thing that Major League Eating is doing, um, you know, for, for other clients, but do it in a different way. Well, and and it's really cool, and we've got we're going to take a quick break here in about a minute, but I, and I, we're going to really dig into the you know I love this like you said these marketing these food centric marketing events right, um, exactly. that's just such a, a brilliant twist on being able to kind of really engage and get people's attention and kind of make it memorable, which I I just again I think that's just a brilliant idea. I got to hear more about it. I want to get the background too on. Um, you know, the you guys went through the mobile food truck business, and of course, the Chicago ordinance kind of threw you a curveball. I want to hear about that. Um, I'd love to kind of you know sit tight. So, um, if you could stick with us for the next segment and 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 maybe even the the final one, that's why I get the news out of the way. Because whenever I get into a subject like this that I'm just I just think is so cool, uh, you got to stay. You can't go anywhere, Tim. You got to stick around. Not a problem. Not a problem. All right, man. Right here. Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're back with Tim Gravy Brown here in a few seconds. So stick around. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. Do you know how to tell a great story? In business, the stories you tell play a big role in your success. Whether you're trying to get more clients or influence people as a leader, storytelling will help you do it. Story Powered with Leanne Pico is here to help you activate your storytelling superpower to build a better business and achieve your goals and dreams. Story Powered can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
are listening to Ditch the Box with David Maranak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to Ditch the Box, ladies and gentlemen. Talking with my friend Tim Gravy Brown with Glutton Force 5. Now, Tim. You mentioned what initially started out as this mobile food business you know, using Merv, uh, your mobile food truck. Because the food truck ordinance in Chicago changed and threw you guys a curveball, what happened there? Give us a background on that. So, I mean, Pat and I bought the food truck probably about five years ago, like right when the first Korean taco trucks were coming up in L.A. Yep. Like I, yep. I, I was on a flight um, to Maine, actually. And I was reading up on it in the in the Tribune, and it was it just dawned on me this is the perfect thing for us to be doing together. And so I called him right up, and within six months we had our truck, and we uh, outfitted it, we put it, the sinks in there, and everything we possibly could. We show up in the city of Chicago, we're like we're ready to serve, and that at that point became a year and a half grueling process of trying to get the thing legal. It was just. They, it was it was lawless at that point. They didn't really have any yeah. rules in place for food trucks, and the people were involved and charged. Like every week, there was something new that we had to get done, and it, it was just draining. It was very draining. Um, and then you know they they all of a sudden outlawed cooking on the trucks. So the uh, only thing that we could, only thing we could do is prepare food off the off the truck. We could wrap it. We had to put a sticker on it with all the ingredients keep it hot on the truck and I could just hand it to a customer off the truck. I was not allowed is to it, Is it still that, that way now? No, it, they've, they've released, um, yeah. they, they allow you to cook. They allow you to do all that stuff. But, but the big problem right now is there's only like 60 legal spots that you can park. You can only park until four or 5 PM and serve food. And there's hundreds of trucks fighting for those spots. Yeah, I, I've literally seen the cupcake guy, punch the curry guy in the face <laughs> over spot and it's just it's a ridiculous business to get in in Chicago so we just we just you know we while that was becoming very challenging and and they will ticket you like the cops are very good about ticketing there was an MCA event where all these trucks we were all invited to go and uh, serve at the Museum of Contemporary Art right. here in Chicago and the cops just came up and gave every single person a ticket it's a five hundred dollar ticket, mind you. It's yeah. I was going to say it wasn't your ten dollar ticket. This was big money. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So so we we pushed away from the food truck business. We slid our website up there. Like we were we were literally like the A team of food trucks. Like we would go out into the burbs. We'd go do special events every once in a while. We knew we wouldn't get caught for being certain places. <laughs> but the brand was still there, and right. you know the brand. It's so loud when people are searching. They, you know, people come across it all the time, and and just give us a ring. But me having a marketing background, um, we've just kind of evolved it to trying to do more eating centric events and uh, marketing projects for clients. Like for instance, we just we have a company called uh, Smokes Poutinery, which is a large um, poutine. For those of you who are not familiar, poutine is a Canadian delicacy. It's a uh, French fries, curds, cheese curds. And oh gravy. yeah. I right. I don't understand. I don't understand why it's a Canadian delicacy, but it is It's very right. good though. But smokes poutinery is a large chain throughout Canada 
They have over 100 locations in Canada. I think they just started. They have three now in uh, the United States. But for the last two years, Pat and I have gone across Canada in an RV and done a web series for, uh, for smokes. We have another client, uh, Kickapoo Joy Juice, which is a boutique soda, okay. like a real sugar soda, that we do a lot of weird sort of videos. We just did a, um, a big eating event, the Kickapoo Joy jo- Juice Taco Trough Takedown with Kickapoo Joy Juice and did another web series for them where we had competitive eating, like royalty come into Taco in a Bag and uh, attempt uh, an eating challenge. And then we're also, you know, doing crazy events for them um, throughout the holiday season and things like that. But yeah, that, do, do they come the to you thing. guys, um, Tim and, and Kenna, yeah. or do you? As far as let me just kind of try to get my head wrapped around this. Yeah. You because you're you're so creative to begin with in the marketing side of things, and of course Pat with the food, and and I know he's. Yeah. Um, but is that something that your clients, your potential clients, sit down with you and go, "Okay, Tim." I'm thinking of doing this. Is that a good idea? Or how do we, you know, what is it? Get us, you know, what's, what's smokes like? How do they go about kind of coming up with ideas for that? Smokes, I mean, smokes is a, a crazy brand to begin with, but they, they are, they're, they're, they're weird, wild, wacky. Like they're very steeped in uh, like 80s nostalgia if you look yep. at their website. Yep. Um, but, a lot of these clients come through just networking. Like we've known the smokes people through eating contests for years. And, you know, when it came time when they're like, you know what, we really want to do a web series. They approached us and we kind of all went and did this project together. Like I, I host it, Pat does events, like every city we would do something that's very specific to that city, you know, and, and, and through the product of poutine, we would do an eating event. And, uh, and we would just brainstorm and just come up with this stuff. And it's all about pitching them and pitching them, you know, very specific things that pertain to their brand. And well, and, like, no, and what's, what's so cool is that they're memorable. And that's what you guys are so good at is that yeah. it's something that, that I don't care whether it's some guy off the street just seeing you for the first time or somebody like me that knows of you or somebody that's worked with you extensively. Whatever it is, when they get involved with you guys, it's memorable. And that's the whole key. We all know that marketing is key. And, and props to you guys. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's all got it. We try to think outside the box. No idea is too weird, you know? So right. I, I, always, I always pride myself on the types of things that, uh, that I get to do. For, for like, just, just to give you an example, like this Kickapoo Joy Juice Company, they just gave us a bunch of money and we're doing a a holiday we're doing a show for them like a straight up holiday variety show <laughs> um and it's it's like but it's an experiential marketing program so it's, right. it's the kickapoo joy juice incredibly strange holiday spectacular for the needy so it's a big basically fundraiser. party yeah it's no it's not even a fundraiser it's free to attend and so when these people come in they they're they're steeped in the Kickapoo Joy Juice brand. Like they might be coming for the entertainment, right. which by the way includes two past winners of RuPaul's Drag Race singing uh, nice. Christmas carols. Nice. <laughs> and, but once they're there to once they're there to see the entertainment, they're steeped in the brand. We have sampling. Sure. We have Kickapoo Joy Juice cocktails. We have a Kickapoo Joy Juice photo booth. We have their logo everywhere. And this is a thousand people now that are gonna who didn't know about it before, now they do, and now they've experienced it. So through, through, through this weird marketing. 
Dude, you, you guys have got it going on because, I mean, it's just, it's it's so cool. And you're not just in Chicago. I mean, like you said, you're traveling throughout Canada with smokes. I mean, you guys, will you're mobile. I mean, you'll do whatever and wherever you need to go. Is that about right? Exactly, and that's and that's that's the cool thing. It's, it's we've we've gone everywhere, we've done everything. We traveled with the troops. Uh, we went and uh, entertained troops uh, overseas with eating eating contests and eating events. Um, it's it's been a wild ride. Well, it's a great segue because I want to make sure before we get to the end of this segment, and we've got another little one after this. But at the heart of everything you guys do is great food. I mean, you said earlier that Pat went to Kendall and and. Kendall is not some slouchy place. It's one of the finest culinary schools, not just in Chicago, but really the country. I mean, yeah, it's, it's and that's what makes it memorable, number one, we're talking about. But also, you guys are not just throwing out, you know, frankly, hot dogs. And then we're talking Nathan's. I mean, you're talking some really gourmet stuff. Well, we want <laughs> it's, it's, it's good food. And we want to stay away from the word gourmet because... All right, when good we, food. When we, well, I say go, I say gourmet. Gourmet for me, it's comfort yeah. food is probably what I should have said. It's, and and yeah, so the thing the thing with taco in a bag, like I made a mistake early on um, by calling it gourmet nachos, and right. that, that's that's a problem because our food has a very specific demographic. Like the more I see people coming into our restaurant, the type of person coming into our restaurant, like I know our audience. And when people come in and they think they're getting gourmet, they, it's it's just an interesting take on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Right. So, so like we have, you know, the the for people who don't understand what taco in a bag is, taco in a bag, it's it's this big silver bag with homemade chips at the bottom, and then all kinds of sauces and toppings on top. But we have twelve different kinds that are very specific things. You can't just like pick and choose what you want, but they're all takes on fast food. So we have like a, we have a cheeseburger nachos, which tastes like a deconstructed Big Mac in a bag, except everything's homemade. It's like PBR <laughs> braised, um, ground beef, a four cheese sauce, like not your, not McDonald's special sauce, right, right, uh, right. romaine lettuce, pickles, and, uh, and, uh, potato straws on top. We have uh, like a Cuban, which is a deconstructed Cuban sandwich. It's all very heavy, um, hearty food. Yep. It's it's yep. definitely for like you know late night diners. We get a lot of that. Our late night business is growing. It's feel good stuff. You've been drinking. You're out with your friends. You're not worried yeah. about exactly putting in a couple of calories. It's feel good exactly, food. Exactly, exactly. And it's and that's 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 the key. Like we know our audience. We're not trying to be hot cuisine, and we don't Correct. we don't want to be. And I, I always try to tell Pat that Pat Pat had a. A tough time at the beginning he's like you know because he wants to show off his culinary chops and i was right. like listen when we get shay glutton force five you can do you know whatever you want <laughs> whatever you want right <laughs> but right now <laughs> you know we're 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 building a brand we want right. we want hundreds of these and we want right. to uh we want to give people good food but we also want to make it very accessible right and again, so, at the you know, and, and what I was saying before is you know, it's some of the some of the concoctions you guys have come up with. The concoctions doesn't. It, it, I don't want it to sound like I'm cheapening it because it's just some <laughs> some wonderful comfort food that that I would I would just ugh, go all over for. So I, man, it's unbelievable. And, and we've got to take a quick break. We've got a nine minute segment. If you could stick around with us for one more segment, Tim, this would yeah, be great. Of um, of course. You know, I'd love to really dig into a little bit more about taco bag and taco in the bag before we uh, we wrap things up for the day. So, folks, we've got uh, one more segment, short segment. Please stick around. We'll be right back with Tim Taco. 
taco gravy brown. Taco gravy. How about gravy? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes, because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. Where is the best place to put your money? Rick Saylor with co-host Eric Hamburg will take the mystery out of investing in order to keep your hard-earned wealth performing and protecting to its maximum potential. Listen for Straight Talk, Clear Decisions, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our final segment of Ditch the Box. We're talking with my friend Tim Gravy Brown. Tim is talking to us uh, a little bit about a lot of different stuff. We've got um, the marketing side of things that they're, they're so, so dialed in on. We're talking about Glutton Force 5 with, with kind of the um, competitive eating background. Now we're starting to talk a little bit more about Taco in a Bag, which is a, really a bricks-and-mortar business that you guys have on, what, North Lincoln Avenue in Chicago. Tell us, tell us how long you've been there and, and the background of the Taco in the Bag location. Well, we've been open. We've been open in Lincoln and Wilson in uh, Chicago uh, since uh, April of this year. Uh, the Taco in a Bag has been around for close to two years um, uh, in one form or another. So we we started out, uh, as I said, with Glutton Force 5. And because it's so loud and crazy, um, we were approached by the Food Network show to do a show called uh, um, Food Court Wars. And... We went on food court wars. It was two Chicago food trucks that were put up against each other. And the winner of food court wars gets a space for free in a mall for a year. They nice. get a, a free lease. So we, um, we, we went on the show. We won it. 
We want to space out in uh, West Dundee, Illinois, for for one full year. And um, you know, talking a bag, that's where it sort of started. Well, we were on the show. We didn't really feel like Glutton Force Five made sense for soccer moms and uh, and right. all. Right. So, <laughs> so what we did was during the show. It was absolutely hilarious. During the show, we have a we had an item called the Big Gym that we served on a food truck, which was one of our more popular items, which was yep. the first taco in a bag. It was a walking taco with a chorizo. And, and by the tray. way, before I forget, what is in the Big Gym? It's it's uh, the the homemade chips at the bottom, a chorizo country gravy. So if yep. you're at biscuits and gravy, it's kind of like that, but ours is orange uh, instead of white because we make it with chipotle and the, yep. and the chorizo. Ugh. Heaven. And then on top of that's pepper jack cheese, a tomatillo sour cream, green onion, and um, green onion and cilantro. So we, since that sold so well, we decided to kind of take that walking taco concept and expand on it. And uh, that's, so that's where kind of Taco in a Bag was born on that show. We actually were telling the producers, like, we want to go in a different direction. And then, they, you know, they had Tyler Florence come and give you yeah, right. some advice on the show. Tyler Florence is spitting back all the things that we were telling the producers. It was absolutely hilarious. But, uh, I mean, we, we, we won. We got the space for free. And the way we looked at it is we just you know, we spent that whole year out in the suburbs. Yeah, working out the tanks. Owning. Exactly. You know what? And, and the, the thing that's fascinating to me is you guys are such a great story of just literally just bootstrapping it and doing your things. You're not from some incredibly wealthy family. You guys are out there just doing it. I mean, you're just, and it's an inspiration to a lot of us out here who are, who are slinging it and pushing it. But at the heart of everything you guys do is marketing. And, and again, A, you have fun. B, you make it memorable. memorable but Tell us a little bit more about, you know, how you kind of honed your marketing technique, because it is a technique. It's a style. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's innovative. It's, it's in your face. Um, doesn't work for everybody. I'm sure you've heard that, but it works. Oh, yeah. It works. And, 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 and where did that come from? I mean, I, I was never, never really interested in doing anything boring i just always like this is this was always my passion and i always wanted to make it as loud and crazy as possible and i've just never been afraid of pitching things i've never been afraid of someone saying no to me you know i i we want to do this on our own terms and and that's kind of where that style came from (laughs) and again you're you're continually adjusting it too because i mean it's it's you're able to adjust it to different you know obviously when you're doing food-centric uh, marketing events, you've got to be flexible. You can't kind of like stick around um, uh, or a square peg in a round hole. You've got to be flexible because some of the stuff, you know, you've, you've got to know when to push and when to pull back. But you do it in such a way that, that really is just, it's very clever. And it's, um, it's, it's not, it, it's just really, it just works. And I'm, and I'm, I'm envious because I, I see what you guys are doing and I think it's really cool. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it also comes from a place where like I've never really wanted to work in an office for the rest of my life, you know. Right. And, right. And it it all comes back to Glutton Force Five, and like if if anyone has the opportunity to look at the website, again, it that's where to me that's the backbone of any marketing campaign is the website. That's is like where you create the look and feel and the myth of your company, and that's that's where we started and it was always meant to be loud and crazy and get someone's attention. And because of that, 
we were able to get all of these opportunities. That's where all these opportunities came from. Was that first like that first concept? And, if you uh, were talking to you know you and I are buddies and and we we hook up. We don't know each other. Let's pretend and and we're we're sitting there. Um, what marketing technique would you tell a complete novice that you got to get into at this particular point? I mean, you're a young guy. You're kind of you're hip with the you know with the whole kind of mobile world. Where would you point somebody that would know nowhere to start? I mean, obviously the website, which is a given. But let's talk mm-hmm. about, you know, is it social? Is it mobile? Is it, is it Twitter? Is it, what, what marketing platform has been so effective for you guys? Um, PR. Yeah. PR has been the best. Um, like, we, 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 we spend money on, you know, small things like in-house marketing pieces and whatnot. But I always feel like, like PR is the best is our best friend. So again, it's just trying to come up with different angles to pitch things to people. This is another thing that we do for some clients that that involve Glutton Force Five. Like we, we like we're, we're just always trying to pitch. We're always trying to uh, develop. I've developed like this amazing list of people locally and nationally. Um, so when I send out a press release, um, for instance. We just ate. We just, okay. This, this is going to sound weird. We just ate a goat. <laughs> what? Come on, stop! We just, really? We just, we just we just ate a goat to break the Cubs curse. All right. We just <laughs> ate a goat to break the Cubs curse. I had um, I, I had Kobayashi in town, and we made a, a video of it. We worked all night long to to get the video done, and then we sent out a press release. Kobayashi eats goat to break Cubs curse, and I put that into the Google. And you're going to see so many hits everywhere from USA Today to New York Times. We had an article written about us in the Wall Street Journal, all with the name Taco in a bag in it. And how we did that is I went through, I spent all night, and I looked up every person that's ever covered Kobayashi in the history of news. I found, out, found everyone who's ever uh, talked about competitive eating. I've t- I got anyone who was covering the Cubs from ESPN to Sports Illustrated. I found their emails and I, I plugged them into, you know, a constant contact and we blasted that out. Nice. And it went viral. Like we had over 200,000 hits to that video. We got covered everywhere. Everyone saw the talk on the bag name. That was the most valuable thing for me that I didn't spend a dime on. Exactly. And that's that, that's the cool thing. PR and especially PR that you don't have to necessarily pay uh, big money for. Hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. What are the big plans for Taco in the Bag going forward if you had your druthers? I mean, money's no object, whatever. Yeah. Would you have 10 locations, 100 locations? What would you do? Of course. I mean, listen, I, I want to see Taco in the Bag everywhere from Chicago to Dubai. So, And that's, that's what we're starting to do. Um, we, we brought on a few business partners, um, very smart people, some uh, really good uh, restaurant group people that have bought in to the company. And, uh, we are just, we're just getting ready. I mean, we're looking at right now, we're looking at another location that Wrigley Field's getting, um, built out. Yep. There's hotels, there's a new hotel that's being attached to it with a bunch of, uh, food stalls. We're looking at that as a set, potential second location. Uh, the first step is to grow within Chicago. Um, we're going to take it from where we, right. 
Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then hopefully you know onto the rest of the country and then the, then the world. Then the world. And Tim, I really want you to come back. Give us the updates as we go forward because I I really want to see you guys uh, succeed. I want you to get wherever you want to go. And frankly, I want to be part of that. I want to see you at every. <laughs> Uh, college campus, because uh, let's face it, when you come back from bars at night, there's nothing better than taco in a bag. Exactly. Uh, you 100% got it. Man. Glutton Force 5 and also taco in the bag, which is located 4603 North Lincoln Avenue in Chicago. Phone number 773-250-2437. That's all the time we have, folks. Tim Gravy Brown, thank you. This has been great, bud. I really appreciate it. Thanks to Winnie well. Winston Price, our producer, and Jamie Berling. Until next time, folks, remember, it's your product. Package it properly. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join David Marinak for another great show next week. 